and I'm all yours. Not for the money and it's not for the applause. Uh, no. Uh, let's put the noise please. Sex, sex, Hello and welcome to the Juicy Deets NFL Podcast. I'm Alex Jensen. With me here, as always, the one and only Zach Deets. Zach, how are you doing today? What's going on, man? I like uh, I like the new setup you got there. Uh, I know we don't do video podcasts, but Alex is usually, uh, I don't know if it's like a basement or something, but he's just chilling back, relaxing on the futon. That's uh, usually I'm on a... Uh, my dining room table actually is my go-to setup, uh, but uh, today, yeah, <laughs> just laying in bed. Laying in bed, easy today, easy today, because I'm resting on my laurels. That's what I'm doing right now. Went 17 and 11 last week. Absolutely crushed the over/under. Went 11 and three against the over/under last week, and uh, we don't need to talk about the uh, betting lines. But overall takeaway: went 17 and 11. Zach did well as well. Yeah, 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 yeah. It was kind of like a reverse bizarro effect where I destroyed the betting lines and Alex just completely annihilated over others. Exactly. On the year brought us up. I am 96 90 and 2. Zach is 86 102. Got a chance to uh, come make up some ground this week. We got a couple differentials over here, but overall, both 8 and 4 on our locks, including a 4 0 sweep last week. So, Overall, a pretty good week for the podcast last week, I got to say. So, Zach, I know you watched a lot of football last weekend. Any overreactions from uh, the NFL action last week? Uh, yeah. Um, this is a take I don't feel great about, but just like the way it seems like all the reporting has been trending and stuff, I will not be stunned if Brian Flores is not the Miami Dolphins head coach at the beginning of the 2022 season. I don't think they would do something midseason. Listen, I, lo- I love Brian Flores. I'm not a Dolphins fan. Um, he is a Mets fan, though, fun fact, from uh, New York City. <laughs> but, um, no, yeah, I mean, obviously, we remember two years ago when people were expecting the Dolphins to be worse than, like, the 0-16 Lions, maybe even worse than the 0-16 Browns. And he led that team to five wins, which, I mean, 5-11, and 11, that's not a big accomplishment. But, I mean, for that team, you definitely saw him lay the foundation – then they draft Tua Tungavailoa over Justin Herbert. I'm not going to give them a lot of crap about that because I had two over Herbert. I think we talked about this Monday, if I'm not mistaken, but uh, briefly touched it. It sounded on. like Flores did not, though, exactly. which is the, uh, the point every, in his favor. Yes. Everything that appears apparent, I mean, no one's going to come out and say it, but this was a Stephen Ross pick, the owner of the Miami Dolphins. Like He wanted Tua, and it's easy to see, and it's very frustrating to see the coaching staff's relux- reluctance to, you know, go to bat for Tua because, you know, has he looked as good as Justin Herbert? No. Has he looked as good as Joe Burrow? No. But he hasn't looked bad, in my opinion, Alex. Like, I don't watch Tua. I'm like, oh, Josh Rosen 2.0. They should have took Justin Fields. Like, he's shown his talent. He did not look bad against Jacksonville. I'm still a believer in him. But I just feel like with a downtrodden year from the Dolphins – Plus, you know, Chris Greer's mishaps in the draft. 
plus like all the coaching nonsense to OCs, which sounded like a terrible idea from the get up. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not saying that. Maybe they don't even fire Flores. Maybe they just, you know, clean the front office out and, you know, parting of ways. Like I said, I don't feel great about it, but Brian Flores on the hot seat is a new thing that I think we need to start, you know, being adjusted to talking about. That's a solid hot take. And I mean, after watching him get out coached by Urban Meyer, I mean, they actually, the coaching wasn't atrocious in that game. It's just the execution. So I would think that they would probably have the offensive coordinators gone for sure. I'm a big fan of Josh Boyd, the defensive coordinator in Miami. So I would feel bad. I would love to have him in Seattle, but maybe he goes too. But I do think being one year removed from being one of the real contenders for coach of the year into the hot seat is a, that's a rough six games. (laughs) No way around that. I think my biggest takeaway was not anything negative about the bills. uh, Cause I still think they're the best team in the NFL right now, but watching the way the Titans won that game, two things. One is that they are going to be the team that they have been in recent years where they just come out and have stinkers and they can beat any team any week. Because like a lot of those great teams, when you get into those big matchups, it comes down to who has the playmakers. And the Titans, when they're healthy, they really do have those playmakers that can bang with anybody. And the follow-up takeaway on that is John Robinson has actually done a pretty good at the less need role of being a general manager without making the crazy trades. I mean, he's had one of the biggest misses I can think of for sure with a certain offensive tackle prospect that uh, is, uh, I believe, now trying to be a rapper, as far as I remember, (laughs) Isaiah Wilson. But he definitely is willing to take shots, take big risks to get the athletes that if they pan out, they turn into those freaks. And he's hit on a couple of them. I mean, between Derrick Henry, between A.J. Brown, making the move to bring in Julio Jones, taking a risk on athletic quarterback like Tannehill coming over as a rebound candidate. And why am I blanking on his name right now? Defensive tackle on Titans, Jeffrey Simmons. He's just hit on some freaks, man. And I think that he continue to take that risk. I think if he hits on Caleb Farley, he could be another one of those guys. And it's kind of fun to watch when you accumulate enough of those true freak athletes. When things are rolling, it's hard to stop a team like that. And, uh, I think that gives them an opportunity to compete against the best. So I think that they're going to be that team that the best teams are afraid to face in the playoffs this year. That's my big takeaway. That being said, rolling into our picks tonight, got Thursday night football, a matchup that looked really exciting for a big part of the year. The Broncos going into Cleveland to visit the Browns. Browns decimated by injuries, both tackles, both running backs, a little bit of, wide receiver injuries and Baker Mayfield out for the game with a torn labrum. Zach, who are you taking to start it off? All right. So uh, this week I'm kind of starting things off with a hedge and this is going to sound like such a cop out. I actually think the Browns still win this game. Um, you know, watching the Broncos last week against Las Vegas, a team that, I mean, they could be like the Raiders look like they'll probably squeak into the playoffs. Granted health, even with, you know, everything that went on, and they look good against Denver, a very good defense. But that de- but speaking of that defense, like it just gave up in the second half, man. Like it really did. And, you know, that does not look good for Vic Fangio. You and me were talking on the podcast 
or before the podcast, you know, just shooting the shit. And, you know, against a beat-up Browns team, I think if they – I think if Denver loses by a little over, like, two possessions, I think Fangio could be gone by the weekend. I really do. And I like Vic Fangio, but he – I mean – he just seems like a guy who's most so suited to be a good coordinator rather than a head coach. Kind of like their OC when he was with the Giants, Pat Shermer. Pat Shermer is a very good play caller. You know, he uses a lot of motion, options, stuff like that. But he's not really like, doesn't have that like moxie about him, I guess would be the word of being a good head coach. But still, I do feel like given all the injuries on Cleveland, I'll take the Broncos on the road and kind of like a must-win game for them, for not only for Vic Fangio, but for the team itself to stay competitive in what looks like a wicked AFC wildcard race. Yeah, and they've been decimated by injuries as well. I would be very surprised if Fangio was going this week. And we were talking about earlier, I thought you meant at the end of the year, and I was like, yeah, that's, that's believable. This weekend would surprise me, especially just because I don't know who would take over in that case as head coach, I guess. Probably Shermer or somebody. I mean, Shermer. So that, that, that doesn't get experience. me super excited. I am a big fan of uh, Zach Azani, the wide receiver coach over there, coached Antonio Brown in college and uh, done a lot of good work. But, man, that would surprise me a little bit. I, that being said, I am taking the Broncos. I think this is close to a must-win game for both teams. They're both 3-3. Three and three. They both have loaded rosters. And they're both flounder a little bit. I just think the Broncos, as injury decimated as they are, they have they have the healthier team right now. And uh, I just I struggle to see Case Keenum tearing apart a Vic Fangio defense. So got to go Broncos there, especially when you're giving me three points. Over under is forty two and a half. I wanted to go the over here, and I think if Baker Mayfield would have been healthy enough to play, I still would have done it, even though I'm not the biggest Baker guy ever. It's just hard to look at a matchup with two good defensive teams, particularly two good defensive teams who have a ton of injuries on offense on both sides right now, and expect a ton of points in a game with Case Keenum going up against whoever's starting for the Broncos. I don't know if Bridgewater's fully cleared yet or not. but No, he's playing. So Bridgewater and Keenum, very good defenses, bunch of injuries on offense. I got to go under here, even at 42 and a half. Very low over under. I'm expecting a low scoring game. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm fully with you there, man. Um, knowing our luck, it'll be like some shootout, like a 34 to 31 game. But I mean, in terms of both the offenses, I trust Denver more, but still. They, ha- they haven't shown, even with a good weaponry and Jerry Judy, I think he's going to miss tonight, but he'll be back next week, which is good. Uh, always better, always more fun when Jerry Judy's playing. But um, yeah, I mean, they got Corlin Sutton. They got a great running back tandem and Melvin Gordon and Javante Williams. And they've done a really good job, you know, splitting the carries between those two. And those both have really excelled. But yeah, I just Gordon's don't out see there, right? I'm sorry, what? Is, isn't Gordon out? I. Maybe he got cleared. I sure, hope so. Consider I need to start Javante because of bye weeks and my uh, college fantasy league. <laughs> regardless, I'm gonna. I'm, I agree with you here. I'm gonna take the under. Should be a very, very boring game, which I will watch. I'm sure you will too. But, Absolutely. Um, moving on. Moving on, we have the Washington Football Team 
heading to Green Bay to take on the Packers. The line in this game is nine and a half. Alex, who do you like here? I'm going with the favorites here. I'm going with the Packers. I see zero reason to think that this Washington football team defense is going to stop the Packers offense. And they look like they clicked really well last year. I love the play callers on the Packers. I, I really do. I, I think Luke Getze is an unsung hero. It's quarter quarterbacks and passing game uh, coordinator. I think Nathaniel Hackett, I don't get it quite as much, but I know he's a guy who draws a lot of interest in head coaching circles. And then obviously you've got LaFleur, who's one of the best in the business. Aaron Rodgers, they got all the big playmakers there. Watch football team defense, probably the most disappointing unit in football compared to preseason projections. Packers have a good defense that's getting healthier. I'm not exactly afraid of the Taylor Heineke-led offense. I could see this one being a true blowout. What about you? No, I'm with you 100% away also, man. Um, I'll take the Packers here. I definitely agree with you, Washington, that defense. And I talked about it last week about how, you know, the holes in this team were kind of easy to see. But people, you know, they look at that defensive line and they're like, you know what, they're just going to generate so much pressure and they sign William Jackson, all that stuff. It didn't really see that they're starting a, you know, Raw chicken linebacker, Jamin Davis, who I do like, and two safeties who can't cover for their life. So, you know, the Packers in this game, I think Aaron Rodgers, who I've seen like the narrative that he hasn't looked as good as he did last year, which the week Definitely one true. performance plays into it. Yeah, I mean, he hasn't looked as good, but he's still easily a top eight quarterback in the NFL. That's how he's looked. This year, and just the overall, I think the defense is kind of sharpened up, stuff like that. I don't know why you're looking at me like that. Aaron I don't know. I, clearly... He's close to a top eight quarterback right now. I think definitely a top eight for quarterback going forward. I don't know. I, he's missed some throws this year, man. It's he hasn't been bad by any means, but no, yeah, definitely. I don't know. If I, I, I mean, obviously, he had so far. a a truly, truly like elite, nearly generational season last year. And anybody expecting that again was kind of ridiculous. But anyway, I'm going to take the Packers here and the over-under in this game, 49.5. Pretty big over-under, but these are two teams. You know, I know a lot of people still don't trust the Packers' defense, and we've already alluded to Washington's. I'm going to take the over here. Feel pretty good about it. Alex might feel a little better about it. Hint, hint. Nudge, nudge. Yeah. I feel tremendous about the over in this one. In fact, I am going to make it one of my locks for this week. I, I just think it's very hard for me to envision this Washington football team defense stopping this Packers attack. I, I can't quite see it happening. I do think their offense started clicking a lot more last week. I, I really did think that. I also think that, as you mentioned, a very raw linebacker, talented linebacker, very raw, Benjamin Davis, is exactly the type of person that LaFleur makes his money just putting into conflict 24-7. So I think Aaron Gordon is going to have a – or Aaron Gordon. Aaron Jones, not power forward Aaron Gordon, uh, is going to have a phenomenal week. I think in fantasy leagues, he's like my number one start, I would say. Uh, and I just – I think that it's going to be such a blowout early on, ton of points early – that football team's going to have a bunch of garbage time. Attempt, and uh, I think they will put some point up on the board as well. I just feel very comfortable. I honestly thought the over was going to be about five points higher. So I, I've got to go with this one. 
leads us into one of the matchups I'm the most excited to see this week, the Kansas City Chiefs at the Tennessee Titans. Chiefs 3-3, three and three, Titans 4-2. and two. Doesn't quite feel like that, but that's the case. That's the case right now. Chiefs still favored on the road by 5.5 points, so really they're 8.5 point favorites on a neutral field. Zach, how do you feel about this line? Who are you taking here? I actually feel really good about it. I think the Chiefs, you know, kind of take care of business this week. You know, I get they took on or they handed a Washington football team a pretty easy uh, defeat last week. And, you know, the Titans are better than Washington. That defense, though, it's still a little iffy. You know, I think if they can keep the ball away from, you know, Kevin Bayard, who, by the way, is looking like the all-pro he was I believe three or four years ago. Like he has been one of the two or three best safeties in all of football this year. Plus Caleb Farley, you brought him up before out for the year with a torn ACL, which is a brutal blow, not only for him, but for that secondary that is already filled with youth and inconsistency. I think um, Patrick Mahomes and the chiefs against this Titans team, a team, by the way, Mike Frable, Mike Vrabel, I believe has beaten them in the regular season over the last two years, if I'm not mistaken. I know we beat them last year, but... Um, or it was 2019. I don't know. All I know is that the Titans have beaten the Chiefs in the regular season multiple times. But I like the Chiefs here. I think Mahomes bounces back, plays a turnover-free game. You know, they try and play... Uh, try and balance it with the run a little more, despite all the injuries there. And I really like the Chiefs here. The over-under in this game... 56 and a half. Me and Alex talk about it every week. Taking the over with the Chiefs until we are proven otherwise and God forbid something happens to Patrick Mahomes. Feels like almost a lock and especially with the Titans team that offense looked really good last week, especially with both their wide receivers healthy. I'm going to go with an easy over here. Alex, what are your thoughts on this game? Yeah, I'm actually going to go a little bit different with you there. Uh, Five and a half points at home feels like too much for me in a game like this. I, I do think the Titans, especially with their incredibly banged up secondary, I, I think they they literally were close to running out of cornerbacks uh, last week. Still made it as a W, but uh, definitely banged up secondary. Not what you want to have against a team like the Chiefs. That being said, I, I think Jeffrey Simmons is going to cause issues up front. I think he will get some pressure. Uh, and I also just don't see how the Chiefs are going to stop the Titans either. Uh, they've been one of the worst teams against the run, and now they get Derrick Henry playing in God mode form with a healthy A.J. Brown and Julio Jones back. Offensive play calling's actually been pretty decent for Tennessee. I think that was one of my big concerns for them heading into the season. I, I could honestly see this being a game where it just gets decided by who fails to punch into the end zone a couple times because I think they're scoring either field goals or touchdowns almost every possession. So I'm going to go Titans here just because you're giving me a ton of points at home and I don't think the Chiefs defense is going to stop them. I think I would pick the Chiefs to win this game straight up, but it's close for me. This is a kind of a coin flip game where it's just going to come down to who stops who on what possession and a couple big plays here or there. Uh, that being said, I love the over, even at 56 and a half, which is a ridiculous over-under. I got to go over here because it's hard to envision either defense stopping the other offense. So definitely feel confident about both of those picks right now. Falcons at the Dolphins. Not the most exciting matchup in the world right now. That being said, the Falcons have been performing decently. They've kind of uh, sneakily performed pretty well uh, against some easy matchups the last few weeks here. 
Dolphins feel like they are reeling. Falcons favored on the road by two and a half, which entering last week, the line was actually the uh, Dolphins by three at home. So it's flipped about six points as a result of uh, what happened at the hands of Urban Meyer last week. I'm taking the Falcons here, though. I just, I want to like the Dolphins. I want to like Tua. I do like Josh Boyer and his play calling. Just comes down to, I could see this Dolphins team just really, really floundering because they came in with decent, like borderline playoff expectations to the year. And when you start off one and five and lose a game like they did last week, it can be tough. And I do think that the Falcons are a motivated team right now who's starting to believe in themselves a little bit more. I do think they've got decent coaching on both sides of the ball. And it's just tough for me that you might see it a bit differently than me. No, yeah, definitely. Um, I get what you're saying. I love the Dolphins here, man. Like, I love it. Like, I'll, in the middle of you talking, I was seriously contemplating switching my lock, which I'm not going to spoil, to this game for oh, wow. the betting line. Yeah. And I know you brought up the line started off Dolphins minus three last week. I believe it actually opened after Sunday. It was a push. So now that the Falcons are minus two and a half, it's kind of come like full circle in that regard. I feel like a lot of people are counting out the Dolphins. Listen, I'm not high on them. You guys heard me at the beginning of the podcast. That organization, it's kind of a mess, especially with all the the Sean Watson rumors. Um, But at the end of the day, I just feel the Dolphins are a better football team. And Brian Flores probably knows his job isn't as safe as it was a month and a half ago. I think he's going to pull out all the stops. You brought up Josh, Josh Boyer. I know one of their offensive – George Godsey and Eric Studesville are both their offensive coordinators. I think those guys will pull out all the stops. Woo! And this is a really good um, defense for the Dolphins to have a bounce-back game. And, you know, Tua looked pretty good against the Jaguars last week. He had that dumb interception. But against this Falcons secondary, nothing really to write home about. I mean, it's going to be another game where, you know, he kind of gets some momentum rolling. And – to be honest, I hate to say it like this. Sorry, Dolphins fans. You better hope he plays well because it might bump up his trade value a little bit if Houston doesn't <laughs> want him in a potential Deshaun Watson trade. So I like the Dolphins here. And the over-under is 47.5. I'm going to take the over here. Just two bad defenses. I think two is going to play well. Uh, Matt Ryan, he's looked actually really improved. People aren't talking about that a lot. The last two weeks, he actually has looked like Matt Ryan from the past. So I do think points will be put up. Calvin Ridley will be back. He missed the London game due to a personal matter. And, you know, Kyle Pitts played excellent. Plus you have that Miami, Tua, just banging on Tua. Yes, Tua notoriously handles uh, quarterback pressure and rumors well. Uh, I'm taking the under in this one. I don't feel great about it, if I'm being honest. I I do like Miami's defense. I do think this could be a bounce-back week for their defense, especially with Matt Ryan does look better. I think that's been a lot the play calling. He still is just soft-tossing the ball out there. I I could definitely see this Miami team feasting with a couple turnovers on this one, which is my big scare for the line. Uh, And that could lead to points, but I do think it's going to be a bit of a defensive battle and kind of slow-moving a lot of running the ball. 
uh, and short passing game. So going to go under here. Don't feel great about it. Could go either way for me. Just got to go with my gut. Uh, Jets at the Patriots. <laughs> Some uh, good self-motivation right there. On Hell the yeah. Hey, it's, it's a coin flip, one of those. It's like, eh, I don't feel super strongly about it. It's got to be honest with it. Uh, Jets at the Patriots. Patriots favored by seven. I don't know. I, I kind of went back and forth on this one, too, a little bit. It feels like a lot of points for this Patriots team. But I got to go with the Patriots here. I, I think Bill Belichick seems like the right coach to be taking away what a young Zach Wilson wants to do. And he's already done it once this year. Zach Wilson looked horrible the last time he faced his team. Maybe he learned some stuff, but kind of got to see it to believe it. Which quarterback do I trust more of the rookies in this battle? For me, it's Mac Jones right now. Uh, And I think that makes a big difference here. I do think there's going to be some turnovers on the Jet side. Patriots are very good at converting that into points, even if it's just a field goal. Offense started clicking a little bit for them more last week. They kind of let Mac Jones open it up a bit more. Seven points feels like a lot for a team I'm not trusting to consistently score over 21 points a game. But I also don't necessarily trust the Jets to score more than 14 in this one. So I'm going Patriots here. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm with you all the way, man. Um, And by the way, that is a riveting hot take you had that you trust Mac Jones over Mormon Drew Locke, but... I digress. Did I say Drew Lock? No, I'm saying oh. Mormon Drew Lock. He's just man. He he hasn't played a team like a professional team in in his entire college career. So, but I, I'm not all the way out on top sled. No, yeah, I feel you, man. Uh, but yeah, I'm gonna take the Patriots here. I just don't trust this Jets team. I get they got that win over. Tennessee team that, you know, Mike Vrabel was probably, you know, punching himself in the face after that game. That was a really, really bad loss for a Tennessee team, especially considering now that, I mean, there's a chance they could be in, for the one seed right now. They could be in a race for that, and you blow a stupid game like that. But I agree with you on most of your accounts. Patriots offense isn't good, neither is the Jets. But that Patriots defense, I just trust them more. And... You know, Drew Locke with uh, – now I said Drew Locke, Zach Wilson going against a uh, – we saw how it went when he threw four picks in week two against the uh, Patriots. And it's just – do I think he'll do that again? No. Do I think he'll play relatively well? Honestly, no. I really don't like – I don't know. It's just going to be a really rough year for Zach Wilson. I feel like a lot of fans are going to want to jump ship, but be patient with him. I'm not the biggest Zach Wilson fan, but he's got talent. I'll give him that. He does. He does. Uh, and over under on this one, another really low one, 42 and a half. I'll let you start it off, Zach. Over under on this one. I'll take the over here. Um, I don't feel great about it. Like I said, I do think the Jets will improve a little bit. Upon what was the what did they score in the first game? Like six point thirteen, I believe it was. So I think maybe they could get to like seventeen, maybe like twenty points, something like that. And if I'm having the Patriots win, I do feel like Mac Jones could kind of have like a decent game. It's a good 
for it's a good opportunity for Josh McDaniels to open up the playbook for Mac Jones. Let me just say that. So I like the over in this. I don't feel great about it, but it does feel just a little low, especially considering this is the second time these teams match up. And I'm going with the under on it. I don't love the fact that I'm going the under on the two lowest over-unders this week. But I'd rather just get it wrong going with what I think is going to happen than trying to hedge my bets and play percentages a little bit. So I'm going with the under here. I don't think there's going to be a lot of points. And if they do, I don't think they're going to come on explosive plays. So I think it's going to be a lot of long drives. I could see this game definitely being something along the lines of 23 to 14 or something like that. The Carolina Panthers, you could even say my Carolina Panthers this year against Zach's New York football giants. Panthers favored by three on the road. This is your team, Zach. You get to go first. Uh, Yeah, I mean, just to allude back to last week, I don't want to make this betting show a, you know, me just complain about the Giants, but a lot of people, after they were embarrassed on the Sunday that the 10-year anniversary of the Super Bowl team was acknowledged, Sean Mara didn't even come out during halftime. They were getting killed by the Rams. People won. You know, Gettleman fired, Joe Judge fired, and, like, Garrett, even Patrick Graham now since the defense has fallen off. But I feel like you just can't do that after, like, an objective fan such as myself, one one who uses reason, understood that the Rams were likely going to beat the Giants. Now, if they get killed by this Panthers team this week, which I don't think they will, maybe. But like I said, I don't think they will. This is actually my upset of the week. I feel like a big homer right now. I just don't trust this Panthers team. I'm taking the Giants here. I'm going to take them to win outright. I feel like Sam Darnold is finally starting to show his true colors. And that's, you know, the aesthetic is good. It's what teams look for. But at the end of the day, like, he's just on the on the move and all that. I mean, he... He's still so raw. He still makes so many mistakes, man. I know he's young, but even with Joe Brady, he has looked better. But the last few weeks have been ugly. I feel like in a game that feels must-win for this coaching staff before major changes happen, I like the Giants to eke out an upset victory at home. So I'm going to take the Giants here. And I'm not. I'm taking the Panthers on this one. I, uh, I feel pretty good about this. No Chris McCaffrey. That sucks for the for the Panthers, but I don't know. I, I think this is just a rough matchup. I, I think that if there's one defense that's going to really tax that Giants offensive line, it's going to be this Panthers rush-heavy attack with really good rushers coming off the edge. I do think that the Cardinals are going to be able to put up some points against a disappointing Giants defense. I, I think that even while I do share some of your concerns about Sam Darnold, I also feel pretty good about having coaching staff with Matt Rule, Joe Brady, Frisman Jackson on the wide receiver side. And uh, you got the Gekbus, a quarterback, and I'm hopping on it. I don't know if you get that reference. A few people will. There is a uh, whole subculture that is uh, set for Sam Darnold as the Gekbus. Maybe look it up. It is uh, an interesting stumble down the internet. But anyways... Taking the Panthers on this one. Over-under, 43, another very low over-under. I'm going with the over. I love Daniel Jones. 
I do think that the Panthers are going to put some uh, points on the board. And uh, even with the depleted, very depleted set of receiver help, I do think that the Giants will be put some points up on the board. So very low over-under. I'm going over with it. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I'm going to take the over here. Uh, like I said, we disagree on the end result, but I do agree with you. I believe the Panthers will be able to put up points on the board. Giants will as well. A lot of injuries on that offense. Andrew Thomas on IR. So Nate Solder is basically guaranteed to start. So, I mean, Brian Burns against him, that's going to be a massive, massive advantage towards the Carolina side. But still, I feel like if they if they utilize that quick passing game and – if Saquon's able to get it going this week off injury, I think they could shock some people. But moving on, we're going to head to – Quick question before we move on. Yeah. Let's say they lose this game. Coaching staff, and officially this makes it by the end of the year they're fired. How would you feel about stealing Kellen Moore from the Cowboys? Because not only do you lock in Mike McCarthy on the Cowboys going forward, you get to take Kellen Moore with your – Fairly talented group of playmakers over here. How'd you feel about that? You kind of answered my question there, man. Uh, so anyway, moving, <laughs> you know, moving on to nah, I mean, in all honesty, yes, I would very, very much like that move. And as we all know, Russell Wilson is a giant in 2022. Now, <laughs> for the third time moving on, going to the AFC North. We have two teams in the playoff on playing very, very good football. The 4-2 Cincinnati Bengals at the 5-1 Baltimore Ravens. Ravens still favored by 6.5, so almost a full touchdown here. I'll start things off. I'm going to take the Ravens here, and I really like the Bengals, man. I really do. I think they're improved. I was wrong about them. I know a lot of people were kind of sneakily on that sleeper train like they weren't like out there being like oh yeah we like the Bengals this year because we know you could get screwed easily that way but I mean the talent on this offense is very easy to see the offensive line has not been as dreadful as expected and the free agent acquisitions just keep stepping up and they do have a lot of talent on that defense regardless though Lamar Jackson Looks like he could win MVP again. I mean, he is playing outstanding football. The offense is clicking. Mark Andrews might be an all-pro this year. I mean, he's looked like the best tight end in the NFL over Travis Kelsey this year. The best tight end by a pretty decent margin, in my opinion. And that's no slight to Kelsey or Waller and all those guys. But, I mean, he's been awesome the last two weeks. And I just trust the coaching of John Harbaugh over Zach Taylor. That's one of the things that makes me hesitant on this Bengals team. I look at Zach Taylor, I'm like, the play calling still isn't there, but they're winning. And I feel like against better opponents, especially on the road, in a divisional game, I know these could get a little wonky. I I just really like the Ravens here to win outright and cover the spread. So I'll take Baltimore here. What do you think, Alex? I get where you're coming from. This was a tough one for me to pick. I, I just I do think the line is a little bit too high for me. For I do think it's a good Bengals team. I don't know if they have the pieces to stop Lamar Jackson, but I don't know. I feel like I've seen the Lamar Jackson from the first three games of the year, and then I've seen Lamar Jackson the last two weeks, and they aren't the same. So I wonder how he's going to perform in this game. If he performed like he performed, they just do not have 
the speed to hang with him too much. But they do have Akeem Davis-Gaither. They got Logan Wilson, who's been phenomenal this year. I believe they'll have their safeties back for this game. So I do think that if Lamar misses a little bit, they could punish him. I do like the offensive weapons that they have in Cincinnati quite a bit. It's just too far for me. I think if you're the type of person that likes to do teasers, I think this would be a great game to tease down, get the Ravens past that uh, past that seven-point margin down to 12-and-a-half. I, uh, I got to go Bengals here. Uh, it feels weird to say it, but I'm going to do it. Over-under is 47 on this one. And I'm going to go under on it. Again, I don't feel super great about it. I just think it's going to be a lot of run-heavy or quick pass game, short, short distance. And I think they're going to draw this game out. I think they're going to force a lot of field goals in this game on both sides. And I just think it's going to be one of those, like, punch-you-in-the-mouth, slow-moving games that winds up somehow 24-20 at the end. What about you, Zach? I completely agree with you on that, man. Um, I took the under in this. The way I pick these games is because what happens, we have, like, this dock and – I kind of I feel like looking at your picks may sway my thing. So what I do is I actually black out what you have, and I I picked the under for this game. I was like I was like oh Alex is going to take the over. I don't feel great about this. And you took under, and then I thought about it. I was like I kind of feel exactly like how you see this game. Like Zach Taylor, I feel like in his mind the key to winning this game is try and do. As much of what Baltimore does that makes them successful, do it his own. So I feel like this could be a very, very big Joe Mixon game. Uh, short passes, some deep shots to Jamar Chase. But at the end of the day, both defenses are playing well, and I agree with your point. Could see a lot of field goals in this game. So I'll take the under here. Don't feel great about it, but it is what it is. But moving on, we have the Philadelphia Eagles. They're heading to Vegas to take on the Las Vegas Versaccias. Rich Versaccio, it's <laughs> his first NFL game. He's going to win that job, man. I'm telling you right now, unless they completely fall on their face, you know, and they get, like, hurt a lot, and whatever happens, God forbid that happens, I, I really think Versaccio is going to be the head coach. But regardless, Raiders are at home. They're favored by three. How do you like this, Alex? I'm going to take the Raiders in this one. I – I don't feel as strongly as uh, my uh, co-host might potentially feel about it. We don't know what he thinks yet. We don't know what he thinks yet, but potentially uh, might think. But I do like the Raiders. I was impressed by the play calling last week. I do think they're one of the more explosive offense in the NFL. Josh Jacobs is another week healthier, which is kind of huge for how they like to play. And I just think that this is the week where Darren Waller just absolutely eats and puts up ridiculous numbers. I do not like the Eagles safety or linebacker corps much at all. I don't trust them to be able to stop Darren Waller. And I think that once they feed him, I could see him having 10 receptions, like 140 yards by halftime, honestly. And I think that once they do that, it's going to draw in that defense a little bit. And then you'll start to see Henry Ruggs eat over the top. Josh Jacobs finished out some drives and they can cruise into that bye week. My only real concern here, especially with, I also, I will say this, that Raiders defensive line has actually been phenomenal. And since it's been so good at just forcing quick throws, it's allowed their secondary to look good. And that is not a recipe I love for Jalen Hurts on uh, on the Eagles, especially with no Zach Hurts as a safety valve, who he does use as a safety valve pretty well there, as good as Goddard is in terms of a 
okay, I've got two seconds. I got to just find somebody. Zach Ertz is that guy. He's gone now. My only concern is really is my old Seahawks fan in me. Tom Cable is just an atrocity of an offensive line coach. And he's doing the exact same thing he did in Seattle, which is get one good year and then decide, hey, I did a good year coaching. Let's get rid of everyone and just ruin an offensive line because you can't do it again. And right now they're the worst blocking offensive line in football and by a mile the worst run blocking offensive line in football. And that is not what you want from a Derek Carr. Derek Carr is very much a quarterback who can play like a top five quarterback in the NFL if you protect him. And if you don't, it can get a little iffy. So that's my only real concern there is that the Eagles do do a good job creating pressure. And uh, that offensive line, I do not trust at all. So hopefully when uh, Vasaggio gets the job, he uh, lets Tom Cable go. Although uh, he's so beloved in Raiders country for some reason reason what about you zach i know uh you got a you got a strong take on this game one way or the other um i agree with you go raiders lock of the week uh yeah i feel like a lot of people you went off about the raiders a little bit so i'll talk about the eagles here i feel like vegas and a lot of people are overrating the absolute shit out of this football team and i'm not even saying that as a giants fan like I understand they played the Bucks very well. Very bad B for us last week. Uh, what was that line? Six and a half? And they lost yeah. by six, I believe it was. Yeah. Uh, There's a couple of those. Curse you, Bruce Arians, for not uh, punching it in late in the fourth and nailing Coward. But anyway, um, yeah, I just feel like this Eagles defense, listen, Darius Slaves played like a top five cornerback. It was a two-point conversion, too, out of nowhere. Yeah. Yeah, no. It was 28-20, and they went for two. We we definitely weren't the only person who got uh, fucked in that game. But regardless, I don't trust the middle of this defense. I agree with you. That was my thought, too. Darren Waller, he's going to ball out this game. I mean, there's no way I feel like it's going to be a hot, heavy passing game. And, you know, Nick Sirianni, who's caught a lot of flack for not utilizing Miles Sanders and the run, and the running game overall – enough i feel like he's gonna make an effort for that but if anything this should be the week where i feel like you gotta tell jalen hurts you might be throwing 50 55 passes this week because i think that's how the raiders are gonna operate and i think this will be a very high scoring game three feels kind of like an embarrassment to the raiders and i did not like las vegas coming in i'm still not completely sold on them but I mean, I think they might squeak into the playoffs at this point. And for them to basically, on a neutral field, this to be a push feels kind of embarrassing and disrespectful. So I'm locking in the Raiders. I feel really good about it. Over under in this game is 49. As I I basically answered it before, I think this is an easy over for me. Both teams, you know, the defenses, the middle of the defenses aren't that good. Expect a high passing game. Uh, although... Both defensive lines have been playing well. I mean, Max Crosby and Javon Hargrave on the Raiders and Eagles' respective defensive lines have looked like all-pro level players this year. So that's the one unit that impresses me. Uh, yeah, everything else, I, I don't know, man. I just think this could be the highest-scoring game of the week, but I do think the Raiders handle business quite easily. Can you take it over? I'm taking the over this one, but one more thing I'm passionate about that you mentioned, Nick Sirianni catching crap 
for not featuring Miles Sanders is absolutely ridiculous because Miles Sanders sucks. Let's be honest about it. He's so constantly overrated because he's an explosive playmaker, which he is an explosive playmaker. And people see those two runs every week where he gets like 20 yards. Like, how can you not feature this guy? Because they missed the seven or eight before that where he doesn't go where the play is called at all and just loses a yard instead of gaining four that was that was called for him, which would infuriate any coach whatsoever. He has some of the worst vision I've seen, and it sucks because I didn't what? like him coming out. Yeah, Miles Sanders is no, a he does. No, he doesn't. You're wrong maker. about that, man. You're wrong. Decision maker. You he are wrong about that. He is a poor that. man's Kenyon Drake. I can't believe you're making me defend the Eagles right now. That's not true. I think Miles Sanders is really – he's very elusive. Listen, he's no – He's elusive. Former Penn State running back. Yeah, I think he – I think he's one of the <laughs> more right. underrated running backs. You're right. He is healthy, so he's no running Saquon. Backs. <laughs> I think he's one of the more underrated running backs in the league. I feel like he's not utilized properly. One of the That's more, the worst take you've said on this podcast. He's it's the really most not, overrated running back in the really NFL. Really not. Yeah, nah, nah. You're out, you're out on that. We'll, we'll we'll get some opinions after we record. Let's do it. Let's do it. Yeah, I don't know how you can watch a game of of like if you're watching all 22 of Miles Sanders and you're not like, what the fuck is this guy doing over and over again? It's I, I don't know what you're watching. I don't know what you're watching. Anyway, passion about that. Listen. That being said, in the nature of moving on, listen. One more thing. I'm not going to be watching Miles Sanders all 22. But I, I did watch him coming out of college, and I did like him. I liked him coming out. I thought I he was like super. I thought he was really efficient. I actually can't believe you said that. That's pretty uh, – I'm not saying he's I liked, a I liked him coming out. I, I thought that he would make better decisions, but he freelances, and you can't do that as a running back. I, I uh, It bothers me. He, anyways, I am taking you over here. I do think, think there's going to be a lot of – the Raiders, when they get it rolling, they can hang with anybody in the NFL. So I do feel good about that. Lions at the Rams, the premier matchup of the week. Uh, no, I'm kidding. Uh, Rams favored by 15 and a half points at home. Still got to go with the Rams. I, I love the coaching staff over in Detroit. I, I've been impressed with how they're doing it. I want to see them get a victory. This isn't the week. They just do not have the playmakers to match up here. And it's not like the Rams don't have a phenomenal coaching staff in their own right. So I I just, I cannot see any reason, especially with a motivated quarterback returning home to a place that he was eager to get out of in Matt Stafford. I I think they're going to run it up. I I think this is going to be an ugly, ugly game uh, that the Rams are just going to blow them out. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I agree with you here, man. Um, you know, these big lines, you look at them at w- once and you're like, oh, that's pretty big. That's two possessions. And then you're like, oh, it's two possessions or a little over two possessions. A score that it's, the Rams should. This could be like 31-16 and we could lose this one. but Yeah, nah, but I mean, and to be honest, the Vikings have played teams kind of close. You know, before last week, I mean, they basically needed an – not basically, they did. They needed the Ravens to have an NFL record to beat them by Justin Tucker. And, you know, but I feel like the defense has slipped up. I don't think it's going to get any better as the year goes on. 15 and a half, it's a huge line. I'm going to take the Rams here, and I'm also going to take the under here. And that's because I don't think they're going to score that much on this Rams defense. 
I feel like Raheem Morris has done a really good job with this Rams unit, given what he, uh, given some of the personnel and, you know, after basically, I don't even know if they're playing Ernest Jones at like fourth round, their second draft pick, not the third round, round pick. Third, Third round, round pick, yeah, Ernest Jones. Ernest Jones, yeah. Yiko. Regardless, I mean, they haven't really skipped a beat, to be honest. I don't think Raheem Morris has done as good of a job as Brandon Staley did, but this is just a wagon. And to be honest, I think the Rams look like the best team overall in the NFC, especially how that offense is playing. And But in terms of this line, I'm going to take the under. I don't feel great about it. I just I envision Jared Goff. Having we didn't even bring that up, it's a Jared Goff revenge game. I was thinking about it, yeah, but it also is the uh Jared Goff going up against the coach who realized how annoying it was to scheme for him and exactly Yo, what he try, can't you do. You want to hedge, you want to hedge so bad. No, 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 right this now. is what I'm saying is it. that Sean McVay is the coach who was like, There are so many limitations in this guy that I cannot do what I want to do. So no one knows more how to take away the things that he can do than Sean McVay. And Sean McVay does have a big say in what happens on defense as well. So to me, this is a this is the worst matchup possible for Jared Goff. Not yet. No, I'm with you there. I'm with you. That being said, I am actually taking the over on this one. 15 and a half points. I do think that this team always is going to play hard for Dan Campbell. I think Jared Goff's going to be motivated. He's going to have a phenomenal garbage time after they're getting blown out. I think that Matt Stafford and the Rams offense against the worst defense in the NFL so far this year. I love Aaron Glenn. Sorry to see it. They just don't have the horses to roll with them. I could see this being a game that's like 38 to 13 or something like that pretty easily. And it's just hard for me to bet the under on it, especially I thought this was going to be close to like a 40, a 53, 55 type over under it. 50 and a half. Definitely going over with it. Another blowout again, which you mentioned kind of as we finished up last podcast that this week was going to have some uh, pretty ridiculous, pretty ridiculous lines. And uh, you were not lying. This is one of the highest I have seen in an NFL game. Texans at the Cardinals, the one and five Texans at the six and oh Cardinals. Cardinals favored by 17 points. I was very tempted to pick the Texans here just because it's so ridiculous. But I sat to myself thinking there, like, what am I expecting to happen that's going to make me think that way? Like, like what situation do I see that playing out? And to be honest, there just wasn't one. I'm going with the Cardinals here just because they're better at every single aspect of the game except for maybe offensive play calling. I don't know. I like I like Tim Kelly, but yeah, I, I, this is just such. What about you, Zach? Seventeen point line. Yeah, I mean it's a big line, but also, I mean you know how we both play fantasy football, and the stud guys, you know, like the Tyree Kills, Devontae Adams, Christian McCaffrey's guys, like those, we call those guys matchup proof, and. You know, you're willing to play them against even the best defenses and stuff like that because you know they're going to produce. The Texans are like the opposite of that, where they could be going against, I don't even know, nine or ten men on the field. And I'm not convinced at this rate that they'll score more than 17 points. So 
I, I am with this Cardinals offense that has been insane. I'm going to take the Cardinals here. No questions asked. I think the Cardinals are going to score a lot. I think the Texans are going to score very little, which makes the over under of 47 and a half kind of difficult, but I took the under man. I think the, I really think this Cardinals defense is taking a little step and I hate that secondary. I really do. I mean, outside of Byron Murphy and Buda Baker, the depth isn't really there, but at the same time, I just don't trust this Texans Ooh, offense. You're about to get a with... shoe from Marco Wilson. <laughs> Please don't ever mention that name again. But, uh, yeah, the Texans, I know you like Tim Kelly. Sorry I stole your thunder because I was pretty sure you were going to mention Tim Kelly for, like, the fourth straight pod while we talked about the Texans. I did already. <laughs> I like Tim it. Kelly. But... <laughs> But, yeah, I mean, I'm going to take the under here only because I think it'll be like a 31 to like 10, not a, or a 34 to 7 Cardinals victory. And I'm not. I'm going to go the over here. Uh, 47 and a half. I, I think that you're combining one of the most explosive offenses in the NFL and one of the most explosive turnover creating defenses in the NFL against a team that has Davis Mills throwing it. And I think that's a recipe for garbage time happening really quick. And then I actually do like. For everything he is, Davies Mills is capable of putting together some garbage time points in the right games. It's just going to come with a lot of turnovers. Like, he can make some good plays. He's got a strong arm. He's just going to come with a heavy dose of, like, what were you thinking? And to me, that means points. And uh, Cliff Kingsbury likes to run a tremendous amount of plays each week, which usually does lead to more points. I- I'm going. I'm going with the over here, even if it's something like 42 to 10. That gets me the over. So, going to go the over there. Zach, what do we got coming up next? Coming up next, we have, excuse me, the Chicago Bears heading to Raymond James Stadium, taking on the reigning, defending Super Bowl champion, Tampa Brady Buccaneers. I hate that I said that because I hate it when people (laughs) say that. The Bucs are favored at home, 12 and a half. I'll start things off. I'm taking the Bears here. I feel really good about the it. Bears. I, I, the Bears. But I do think the Bucks are going to win. I think this is the Justin Fields breakout game. I really do. I think this game is going to be within a touchdown. I don't know if that's a hotter take than me uh, taking the Giants straight up, which, by the way, I actually feel that way. I'm not being a homer. I fucking hate them. They suck. But I actually do think they'll beat the Panthers. But anyway, the Bear, I don't know. I just feel like with all the injuries in that secondary and the one thing that the Bucks don't really have on that defense outside of Devin White and some of the linebackers is like speed. Maybe that's like a bad take or something, but I'm talking about like freaky, like they don't have those Jamel kind Dean? of guys that is he playing? I thought he was still hurt. Oh, is he still hurt? That's yeah, it. I mean, might, so I, that, I mean, yeah, that guy ran like a four three one like six months mm-hmm. off in ACL. I don't even know if he's human, but regardless, I feel like all those injuries in that secondary will give Justin Fields a good enough time to, you know, progress on his reads and make the correct passes and utilizing his running ability. I think Matt Nagy is going to let him go this week. I really do. I'm looking at this matchup. I really like it for Justin Fields. I think the Bucks will win, but. 12 and a half, that feels really, really big for me in this matchup. So I'm going to take the 
Chicago Bears. Yeah, I'm not. I'm taking the Bucks here. I, I do think that calling this the Justin Fields breakout game is probably your spiciest take you've had. Uh, I believe J.C. Pierre Paul is also injured. Uh, I think Antoine Winfield's supposed to be back. Uh, Levante David playing banged up. So we'll see. We'll see. I just think that, man, this is a defense that is very good at getting after the passer and very good at stopping any modicum of the run game. And Justin Fields, for everything he is, he's processing the game pretty slowly right now. I think he's going to get sacked a ton. They're only throwing the ball like 11 times a game right now anyways as a result of it. I think this one could be a bloodbath. And I think, man, if it was in Chicago, I might feel a bit better about the, about the Bears covering it because it would be cold as hell and tough outdoor conditions. They're not. They're playing in Tampa Bay. Brady, I, I think he's going to eat this week. So going with the Bucks here. Over-under is 47. And I just don't think the Bears are going to put up any points here. I think this is going to be something along the lines of like a 31 to 10 game. So I'm going with the under here. I think it's going to be a bit of a blowout. Zach, you seem to feel differently here. Uh, I, I, definitely, a, I definitely do. I definitely Zach do. Coming up, on my, coming up on my second lock of the week, I I feel like this is a very, very easy over. I think a lot of people are looking at this Bears team. And being like, oh, they're not going to score against the Bucks. Like, look at this defense. Look at all these guys. Vita Vea, blah, blah, blah. You know, Devin White, Shaq Barrett, JPP. But like I said, man, I like Justin Fields, I think, given all the injuries on defense and and combined with that Bucks offense, I think both teams are going to score. I predicting like a final score of like 35 to like, 26-27. I think it'll be a closer game. I think Justin Fields has his best game as an NFL quarterback. But moving on, our penultimate game, Sunday Night Football. You know, we had a great matchup last week, Alex, with uh, Geno Smith and your Seahawks against the uh, Ben Noodlesberger uh, Steelers. It was a really bad pun. I really wish I did not say that. And we get one up this week with arguably a worse matchup with the Colts at the 49ers. Two teams extremely banged up. Julian Blackman, the young safety, was excellent his rookie year. Out for the year now with a torn Achilles that he tore during practice, which really sucks for the Indianapolis Colts. 49ers are favored by three and a half. Who do you like here, Al? Uh, I'm actually going to lock this one up. I'm taking the Colts here. I'm taking Ooh. the Colts. I, I think they match up really well against this 49ers team. And if you're giving me three and a half points, I'm, I'm going to take it. I wanted to get a little spicy with this lock. And I felt like I did that. But, man, I, I think that if there's any team that's set up to stop the outside zone run, I, I think that it is this Colts team with their linebacking crew. I do not trust either the quarterback, San Francisco, right now. I also think there's a ton of injuries there. It's Miko Ryan's. Fantastic defensive coordinator. I think he's going to be very good. Maybe a future head coach there. That being said, this Colts offense has started to click a little bit. I love the coaching staff across the board. And uh, I, I just I think that this is a victory for the Colts here. What about you, Zach? Yeah, I disagree. I don't feel great about this game, but I like the 49ers at home here. Um, I was really high on this team, and I'm not sure who's going to be quarterbacking for them. It's looking like it might be Trey Lance. 
But um, I don't believe he practiced yesterday, and Jimmy G was limited. But regardless, the secondary does not look good on either side in this game. And I just trust, you know, Shanahan and his ability, maybe get the running game going against this Colts team. And shouldn't be a super high-scoring game, but I, I, I do like... The 49ers and their coaching and Debo Samuel to maybe pop a few plays. Watch this be the Brandon IU breakout game. Luckily, I don't have any uh, fantasy stock in him, which isn't intentional, by the way. Like, I would have been super happy if I got him in the league, but who knows? I mean, we've seen uh, more unpredictable things happen. I like the 49ers here. Over-under in this game is... 45 and a half and given the poor defenses and the pretty good offensive play callers, you know, calling the plays Carson Wentz, by the way, has not looked that bad this year. Not great, but not bad. I do think points will be scored. 45 and a half feels a little low. I'm going to take a very, very small over here. I'm going to say the 49ers by like 28 to 20. What about you, Alex? I do think that this Colts team is going to be a slow scoring team who puts together longer drives when they score. So I don't know. I think there's going to be something along the lines of like a, maybe a 20 to 17 Colts victory, something like that. I, I don't feel awesome about, uh, about there being a lot of points in this game. I think it's going to be a bit of a sloppy punch you in the mouth sort of game. Again, my Russell Wilson free Seattle Seahawks getting primetime slot. Against the Saints, Saints visiting Seattle, favored by four and a half on the road. This was one of the harder games for me to pick, actually, and I don't think it's because I'm a homer. It's just because this is a weird matchup. Uh, Saints, definitely one of those weird week-to-week teams. We've talked about it every time we've done this podcast. They're a tough team to predict. Seattle without Geno Smith, done a lot better than people expected us to do, and I think that many Seattle fans did as well. That being said, this is a tough matchup for Seattle going up against. I've actually prepared, got this right here. Uh, this is a pretty good Saints defense, I got to say, uh, especially for quarterback Tino Smith. Got some of the best nicknames for defensive units in sports history. You got the no-name defense. You got the no-fly zone, New York Sack Exchange, Monster of the Midway, Pro People, Steel Curtain, Blitzburg, Doomsday 1 and 2, Legion of Boom, Saxonville, but how about now, Saints linebacker corps, the Juicy Boys, self-titled. I don't know if anyone else has caught that, but uh, they're calling themselves the Juicy Boys right now. They've been phenomenal. Seattle with Geno Smith, they really need to establish a run. I don't know if this is the unit for them to do it against. For that reason, I am taking the Saints on the road. What about you, Zach? It's Jameis Winston and the Saints. I do not feel great about this. I hate – I'm never putting any legitimate hard-earned money that I possess on any Saints games. It would be typical Jameis for him to just completely throw, like, three picks against, like, this porous Seattle defense. But at the end of the day, they got – Jameis, who's been pretty good in a game manager role, and Geno Smith, I think, Sean Payton and Dennis Allen, they're going to be able to dial up pressure for against this Seattle offensive line. I don't think it'll be an exciting game, but I like the Saints here. Take them on the road. Don't feel good about it. What I do feel good about, though, is the over-under, 43-and-a-half. I'm going to take the over here. We've disagreed on a lot of our, I believe, the last four, 
four that we've done might disagree here. Hint, hint. Not it is that. Uh, yeah. Yeah, but I don't know, man. I just feel like the offenses are going to kind of get it going. The Saints probably will keep the game closer. I mean, knowing us, we both pick the Saints. They'll lose like 28-24 and we'll get like completely screwed or something like that. <laughs> um, or they'll win 28-24 either way. But yeah, I like the over in this matchup. I think both teams will be able to put up points and the uh, Saints come out on top. And I don't. I think it's going to be the under. I don't feel super strongly about it, but I just don't really trust either offense to put up a ton of points, especially Seattle. I think it either ends. If the Saints are clicking, I think it's going to be a blowout where Seattle won't be able to put up many points. And if not, it's going to be the type of game that Pete Carroll kind of dreams about furiously chewing gum on the sideline where it comes down to the last minute post game, probably something like 13 to 10 until the late in the fourth quarter and then winds up something like 21 to 20. So I'm taking the under in this one just because I, I don't think either offense is going to click super strongly. But, yeah, this is a fun week, man. This is a fun week. It's uh, started off with a lot more agreement than usual and ended with a lot more disagreement than usual. A lot of really big lines that make it tough to pick, and you don't know which way Vegas is trying to get you to go. So it's fun. I'm looking forward to this week, and I'm looking forward to tonight because, man, one really good coach with a good team is going to be in hot water at 3-4 and four tonight. Dude, if they get killed, don't be surprised if that – Really good coach is uh, working at your local Walmart after this week. Nah, I'm kidding. I, I and love since we Gio. both think that the Broncos are going to win, he is saying Kevin Stefanski, 2020, actually, 2021 second actually, half Walmart employee. If you, listen, if you listen to what I said, I hedged. I think the Browns will still win, but I took oh. the Broncos. That, that's, that's true. Nuance my middle name Zach Deed thanks again as always for listening we appreciate all the five star reviews all the downloads all the shares again you can find Zach at NFL underscore Deets on the Twitter also check out his work at SI where he writes about the Giants you can find me at Juicy underscore Jensen got a piece coming out pretty soon here excited to get that rolling for Sports Illustrated and definitely follow and support the podcast at Juicy Deets NFL on Twitter. Zach, look forward to watching football tonight. As always, pleasure to talk to you. Pleasure as well, man. Love doing these pods with you. And yeah, I began some Miles Sanders Discord and the discourse in the Slack. And yeah. Uh, it's kind of. You should uh, begin some Miles Sanders let, let me, in the let me ask you this. Let me let me ask you <laughs> this. Where would you rank him out of all the running backs in the NFL? Like, what is he top twenty, top thirty? Without counting it out, just somewhere in the ballpark of twenty. So you could probably name twenty running backs. Yeah, like more. I do. All right. All right. I think he's wrong. higher That's than that in terms of talent. But in terms of like how he actually plays, he reminds me a lot of like Kenyon Drake back in the day. That's who he reminds me of. Okay, Just super, super inefficient. Let's end it on that. No, okay. I, I don't make me defend the Eagles. Everybody, appreciate. Leave a five star review. Leave a comment. Let us know what you want us to talk about. Whatever. Any Eagles questions for Zach? Big Eagles fan. <laughs>
Oh, <laughs> 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 